Hey, hope you've been having a good week. If you're listening to this, it would be a Sunday if if you're on board every Sunday morning when the podcast releases. Uh, I've just come off a week's break from producing the podcast. Every six weeks, I will take a break from the podcast to re-energize, recover, reflect on the past six episodes and see if anything needs changing up, any new learnings need to be learned. And yeah, it's just a little time I like to take to make sure I'm continually talking about the things I want to talk about and sharing them in a way I want to be sharing them. Recently, you may have seen the new intro to the website if you have visited beersforbeing.com recently. Uh, It took me a long time to draft that one up and then finally get it on the site. It's uh, not perfect by any means, but, you know, obviously it does not need to be perfect to provide an intro to the site and all its content. So if you haven't read that, give it a read. Head over to beersforbeing.com and check check it out if you want to know some more of why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, why you are listening to me right now. It's bringing that focus back to self-repression, the things that stop us from being us. Why is it that we stop ourselves from sharing a story with people? Why is it that we don't feel we have the right to speak up or assert ourselves with authority figures like parents, teachers, or police officers for that matter? And why are we so passive in some situations and why am I doing what I'm doing right now and sort of going off on a little ramble with no real connection to its meaning inside me you know why why would I slip into saying words that I don't believe in why do I say them why do I say things that just sound good but I don't actually believe in or I haven't quite discovered for myself that last point might be a little subtle, but it's something that bothers me nonetheless. It's it's a form of inauthenticity and self-repression is a part of that. If we're not being ourselves, we're not being authentic and good chance is that we're also repressing the creativity, the love, the, the love. Uh, that's a bit full on, but maybe some of you like that. Um, the feelings we have, the ideas we have, the just who we are. Why are we not sharing that with the people around us, with the people that matter to us, with the people that we want to connect with? Why are we not doing that? And really, that is what Bees for Being is about. And that's why I'm sharing my journey through things of self-doubt and also anxiety. And this episode is focused on anxiety and the most effective tool I've discovered so far at relieving anxiety. I'm being a little bit careful with this episode because I know that, well, I know from my past anxious experiences or when I'm experiencing anxiety, that if someone gives me advice, if someone's telling me to be different in any way or try a new technique, that it can I can enter a rocky road where I'm trying on this technique and trying to make my anxiety go away with this technique. And I've found 
that not only keeps the anxiety there, it actually increases its intensity. So I've structured this episode to hopefully not give people uh, more things to do and think about, but to really break it down and be a very, very simple tool to relieving anxiety very effectively time and time again. So I'm going to give this a go. If you're here, welcome to the show. And yeah, let's make this the best podcast of Beast Being so far. So let's let's start like what what actually is anxiety this is a question I've often asked myself when I've been experiencing it and then more so when I've heard other people saying oh I suffer from anxiety or I had an an ang- had a word attack uh, had an anxiety attack what does that actually mean what is an anxiety attack an attack of anxiety so My definition of anxiety, everyone has their own, but my definition is anxiety is the experience which is caused by us imagining the possibility of something bad happening at some future point in time. So I exist here now and I could think, what if the roof falls on me? Like, look at these bricks. I can see the bricks in the wall and they just look a little bit eroded. And look, I can see the paint is cracking there. And just maybe that the the roof is weak in that spot. So perhaps if there was a strong wind to come sometime soon, it might just weaken it, the wall enough to make the ceiling collapse on top of my body. Oh, man. Um, whew, okay, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's a bit of simulated anxiety, and I actually started feeling that in my chest, wow, that's pretty realistic, but you can see how one thing led to the, led to the next, and I just want to break that down, what, what was, what was, go- what's going on for us when we have an anxious thought and it starts building and gets stronger and stronger. What is actually physiologically um, and emotionally going on when that happens? So it usually starts with a thought and I found you when we're not always aware of what that thought is. It might, I might not be aware that I'm afraid of the roof falling in. I just have just a strange feeling like, Oh, something's not quite right. And I'm not talking about an intuitive feeling. It's more of a, just a worrisome, weary feeling like, oh, something bad's going to happen. Like, I know it. if I go to work, like, oh, I just, you know, I just feel anxious around this guy. I don't know why. And, you know, and so I, I might not know which thought is exactly causing my anxiety or which belief is causing my anxiety, but it will create some kind of 
physiological sensation within my body and I experience that sensation. I might not be hyper aware of it, but I experience it as perhaps a tight chest, um, some kind of burning sensation in my body, my, my, my head locking up or my, my thoughts becoming more cloudy or something like that. Uh, it's a, it's a definitely an individual experience uh, when anxiety sets in. And I do recommend you become aware of yours. I'll explain why later in the episode. Um, so, yeah, what was I going to say? Yep, so we're, we have this initial thought. These, this anxious um, sensation comes into our body. Could be this tight chest. And then I start thinking about the tight chest. I'm like, oh, that's... That's this. And I start labeling that sensation and like, oh, that, that means this. This is happening. And when I do that, I'm having, I'm creating more thoughts, creating more thoughts while I'm just thinking more about that feeling and then making a conclusion as to what it is. And as soon as I decide, yep, this is the heart attack I've been fearing I was going to have for all of my childhood life, finally, it's come to hit me at the age of 27. And... <laughs> Then, you know, I, I make up my mind, yep, I'm having a heart attack or this could be the heart attack I've been waiting for. And my body then reacts to those thoughts and it gets even more intensified and my chest maybe locks down even more or I start breathing heavy. And then I'm reacting again to those increased sensations in my body and thinking, oh, it's a sign that I'm definitely having a heart attack or I'm absolutely about to have an anxiety attack right now and there's nothing I can do about it. And maybe, oh my God. So I keep reacting to these sensations. With more thoughts, I make up my mind as to what the thoughts mean. The sensations become stronger. I have more thoughts about them and this is where we go into what's known as an anxiety loop or a panic attack. Um, I had them frequently as a child, actually. Don't really know what was going on there, but would have them quite frequently, especially on airplanes. Would just become hyper aware that I was about to be locked into a metal flying tube that's going to uh, fly for 14 hours across the Pacific Ocean. And at any moment, if the wings fell off, we would all be locked, yeah, still locked in this tube of death and fall into the ocean and perish. Uh, not before we had all tried to um, strangle each other for the last drops of air in the cabin. And so these thoughts would go through my mind and, you know, and I would keep reinforcing them and then enter into this anxiety loop, which I just described. So I found just becoming aware of, okay, that's the cycle that I'm entering into has helped me to not freak out as much when I feel some anxiety setting in um, with whatever area of life I experience it with. So I also would like to say something else about anxiety. So anxiety, when we're experiencing it, feels like a true representation of what's going on around us. And it's just not. It's a real trickster in that way. And it really is not... <laughs> The, it's not the truth of what's going on, but it's this additional layer of 
reality which we superimpose onto the actuality of of the moment. And an example to illustrate this is if you imagine a tree, maybe you have a favorite tree you like to go and visit in summertime and just have a bit of a snuggle with it and touch its bark a bit. Um, hmm, inappropriate tree references. Nice one, Ben. So imagine this tree and now imagine you're looking at its branches and its leaves and it just looks kind of happy. You know, you're just imagining it. It's a, it's a happy tree. Look at all the little twigs and branches and there's some birds flying around in there and you're seeing them all fly around. It's a really happy tree. And now imagine that it's a sad tree. This tree is a sad tree and you start to notice it's dry, brittle uh, twigs. <laughs> Lost for words there. Tree Anatomy 101. Um, and the branches are kind of broken. And yeah, it actually does look kind of sad and lonely and a bit, um, just a bit lonely, I guess. Yeah. Okay. We'll repeat the loneliness there for effect. So with this very crude, uh, imagination exercise, I'm trying to illustrate that we make the tree feel happy for us when we imagine it's a happy tree and when we imagine it's a sad tree. Another great example of this is if you've ever seen, if you've ever done this experiment where you watch a video clip with a song, like a happy song, and you turn the sound of the video clip down, and you put on a happy song, you watch the video, it could be a scene out of a movie, and you watch it through, you're like, oh, wow, look, they're actually really happy. And then you put the same video clip to something sad or foreboding, some kind of music that's really, you know, sad. Um, and the events you see unfold in front of you start to appear sad. And now it's not magic. It's just the experience of our minds, which we are, this is such a bad explanation, but let's go with it. The experience of our minds, which we are superimposing onto the imagery we're seeing. Now, in this case, it's just the music that we're hearing. Turn off the music and just watch the events unfolding like, oh, the girl is going to ha hug that man. That man kind of looks like her dad. Cool. And oh, they're smiling now. Maybe they're happy. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, they're probably happy. So going back to the tree, when you look at a tree, you can imagine all kinds of different tree, tree type characteristics and personality traits. But really, that is just a tree existing in nature, in actuality. That tree is just existing. And then comes along our thoughts about what sort of tree that is or how that tree might be feeling. And we do this all the time with other people. Um, and in the context of this episode, we do this all the time with our surroundings or with our anxiety. Let's just keep it, let's bring it back to anxiety. We superimpose our anxiety very unknowingly onto every little experience that is happening around us that we are aware of. And so we're within this anxiety layer and superimposing it onto the actuality. So this is this was really helpful for me to realize, and I realized it with the technique I'm about to uh, outline in this episode. 
because once I realized the anxiety was just a layer of reality, which I was putting on top of the actual events of what was happening, I realized that what I was experiencing, the anxiety I was experiencing in my body was only determined by that layer. And it wasn't determined by an ultimate truth um, level of actually what was going on. So it took quite a lot of the power out of my anxiety when I realized this is something which I've somehow fallen into the trap of synthesizing in my unique um, mental, physio-emotional makeup, but is not actually existing in reality. So I think it's time to now let you know the most effective tool for uh, relieving anxiety and Maybe it's not a surprise to people who have been looking for a um, relieving method for a while, but it is the present moment itself. And what do I mean by that? What what do I mean by the present moment? It's everything that is happening around us. And it's an amazing thing, but anxiety depends on the future projection of something bad happening. So you take away that future point in time and anxiety just starts to lose its power, starts to diminish and there are quite a lot of relieving effects which will be experienced at that point. And it's through the uh, th- through observing what's going on around us in actuality which allows us to see the separation between our anxiety and all the anxious effects it has on our body and mind and so it allows, <laughs> let me repeat that it allows us to see the separation between the anxiety we're experiencing and what is actually happening around us and it's quite a um, as I mentioned it's a very relieving thing to to know to experience directly the separation between anxiety and the actualness of what's going on around you. What do I mean by that? The actualness of your feet on the ground and how they feel. There is nothing anxiety provoking about that because that is just present moment awareness. That is just present moment actualness. That is matter of fact happening right now. You just can't twist that in any anxiety provoking way. So, I just want to describe like what actually is the present moment. Number one, it is not a thing to be gotten or had or found or discovered. It's an experience to be experienced. It's, it's not this magic pill. It does not just blow anxiety out of the water, although it can kind of feel like that when you um, become familiar with the experience and how to enter that experience um, at your will. And really, that's what uh, is at the heart of this episode. I hope that I can sort of share how I've reduced my anxiety, seriously, by about 80-90% just through present moment awareness. I'm really, this is not just a catchy title. This is, um, this is something I just need to share because it's so powerful when you understand what it is and I don't want to make it sound like people don't understand what the present moment is everyone's very smart 
and actually being smart has nothing to do with knowing what the present moment is. Okay, enough of that little ramble. Yeah, so the present moment isn't a thing, it's an experience and you can't get it. And the good the good news about the present moment is it's happening all the time, everywhere, wherever you are, right now, all around us. Now, that might be a bit anxiety-provoking to try and take all of that in, but the good news is we don't need to. Um, it's a tool that follows us wherever we go. In fact, there is no following involved. It just exists everywhere. It exists because we have... Uh, senses that we perceive things with and as long as they're working we can be aware of what I'm labeling the present moment so a really good place to start when we're actually experiencing anxiety is I mean number one we're not I've tried to completely bypass anxiety when I'm having it not a good idea it just creates resistance I'm like, no, I'm not being anxious. Okay, I'm feeling anxious, but I don't want to be feeling anxious. I'm going to stop feeling anxious. Oh my God, I'm still feeling anxious. Okay, and then, you know, the loop sets in and off I go. So let's not even go down that path. Really, the starting point is when we're starting to experience, when we become aware that we're experiencing anxiety is to focus on the feelings, um, the anxious feelings within our body. Uh, could we also be in the head? I mean, the body is part of the head, so let's... The body, the head is part of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not something I really uh, thought about doing until much later, was to use the anxious feelings themselves to step out of them. It's not really that intuitive, but oh my gosh, it does work. So um, all we need to do to do that is to guide our attention to what we're feeling. Um, Where is that anxiety? Where is the anxiety manifesting in the body? What what sort of experiences are there? Is it burning hands? Is it it cold hands? Is it sweat? Is it heavy breathing? Just choose one of those things, whatever it is, and... Oh, there's some really loud people outside. Maybe they want to share some anxiety-relieving techniques. I'll just ask them. Hello? Would you like some anxiety? No. Sorry, they just they have their beers, so they're pretty happy. I think they don't want any anxiety. So, all right. So, the present moment is happening all the time around us. We experience it through our senses. If we're currently going through some anxiety, we use our perception of that anxious experience whatever those feelings are and let them come to us. So this is this is the key. So whatever the present moment experience is, we let that come to our awareness. Now, this is the key. This is the key of this episode. This is some would say this is the key of all meditative practices. Um we're not going out and trying to get the present moment, we're letting it come to us, come to the awareness, come to our awareness. Uh, <laughs> I wish someone told me this when I started trying to become more present because it was a very forceful attempt 
at trying to be present and like trying to seek out the present moment and seek out awareness and, tr- you know, really try. And really, I was just missing the point altogether. It's not about trying to get it. It's some, it's letting the experience of the present moment just be the experience of your present moment. That really does sound paradoxical, but that is what's going on. So, and it may feel a bit scary. You're like, why would I let my anxious feelings come to me? I don't want to experience them and I don't want to experience more of them. But believe it or not, that is what keeps them going. The resistance to feeling them. And when we let them be there, when we let them wash over us and come to us and really become aware of how they feel, that's when we actually enter the present moment through the anxious experience itself. That's a pretty tricky little trick right there. I think I just like saying the word trick. Um, And really, it's incredible. We're using anxiety against itself, not that it's an enemy or anything, but it's just this unpleasant experience. We're using anxiety against itself to relieve us from it. (laughs) Okay, I speak like that sometimes. Another helpful thing I wish I heard a little bit earlier was that you don't need to be aware of everything that's going on around you. It's, I would say it's not very easily possible to become aware of every little sound and thing and um, visual field uh, movement thing. Yeah, very precise descriptions. Thanks, Ben. Um Everything that's happening around you, it's almost impossible to just let that all be a part of your awareness. It's not entering the present moment is not about trying to be aware of the most things. It's just being aware of the sensations which are most present, which are most present, which are the strongest, which are the most, which is just there. When you just sort of stop thinking for a bit and you just let the experience of your uh, perceptions come to you, which one comes first? I find shutting my eyes is actually a pretty um, helpful thing to do because it's often very distracting um, with your eyes open. Like there's a lot going on around you, you know, there's a lot happening. Um, So if I shut my eyes, the first thing I become aware of if I just let my sensations come to my awareness is my feet. They feel really cold and I'm wearing some socks. I can feel the socks wiggling my toes, but yeah, they feel, my feet feel kind of cold. And then next comes, uh, there's tension in my back. I like my upper back. And now I became aware of my hands. And when I say I became aware, I didn't try and become aware of how my hands felt. It was just the next sensation that came into my awareness. Now, obviously, this is not something to be understood at an intellectual level. It's an experience to be experienced not a thing to do, not a thing to think about, not a thing to conceptualize, just experience it. That's really the best advice I can give myself right now. Um, And maybe you find that helpful. When we let the experience of what's happening right now come to us, if we're experiencing anxiety and we do that, we may feel a sense of ease and relaxation come over us as a result of that. And I've felt it. So really, I'm, I'm describing now what it feels like to be experiencing the present moment. 
and the effects it has on any unpleasant feelings, in this case, anxiety. Um, so sometimes I feel my, if there's any tension in my head, if I'm thinking a lot, there could be some tension in my head. I'll feel that relax. Also, uh, my mind isn't as active and I feel I'm in this very alert state of just watching and waiting um, for something, not really anything to happen in particular, but I'm very alert and observing everything that's sort of got, that's going on around me. But uh, this is actually a very individual experience. So your experience of um, the present moment will be different every time you practice it, every time you experience it. And yeah, it's ever changing. So yeah, I don't want to dictate what your experience is going to be. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, it's really helpful to become aware of what you commonly experience in your body as anxiety. So how does it feel? Um, often I feel it in my chest. My chest starts getting a bit tighter in the center of my chest. My breaths become a bit shorter and a little bit strained. And um, yeah, so for me, that's it. And when I know that's happening, I realize, okay, so something is triggering me right now. Some, I'm feeling anxious about something. I don't have to be aware of exactly what it is. I just need to know that I'm having an anxious experience. And then I can become aware of the present moment by letting the experience of my anxiety come to me. And really, that's 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 a good thing. So by knowing what your experience of anxiety is, you can consciously enter the present moment sooner rather than later because um, I like to think of it as using the sensation of anxiety as a prompt to be like, oh, anxious. So let's practice what's actually happening around us. And you might start with the anxious feelings themselves. And then once they subside somewhat, if they do, um, then you might just be experiencing the experience of what's going on around you and inside your body and the tree you're looking at that isn't sad or lonely, but just a tree now. Um, let's move on. So, that was a sentence. We're nearing the end of this episode and what I'd like to leave everyone with, including myself, are some reassuring thoughts um, about the anxiety we may experience when we step out of anxiety. Because for me, I had a really hard time uh, practicing uh, practicing this at the start when I realized that the present moment could help me come out of anxiety. I thought, if I'm not anxious, if not if I'm not worrying about the potential dangerous effects of the roof falling on my head or the actuality, supposed actuality, the anxious actuality of me being trapped in a metal flying tube and diving into the ocean and, and um, murdering people for the last drops of air. Wow, this is really intense. If I'm not aware of those things, then who is? Who's going to let me know when I am not safe? So I've always got to be alert. And as a result of that, I'm anxious because I'm always like, when is that next bad thing going to happen? in the future sometime. It's not happening now, but I know it's going to happen. Where is it? Where is it? Got to keep on my toes. Got to keep on, yeah. Mm -hmm. Got to be on my toes. So 
one of the things I like to remind myself of in that situation is that I am prepared for whatever happens. And I know that because when other unexpected things have happened in the past and I haven't been worrying about them and then just come up, it could be a car accident, it could be uh, my bike getting stolen, it could be someone punching me in the face. That really doesn't happen often. But if it did, I would know how to deal with it. That's a really bad example, but um, <laughs> that's a very bad example. When unexpected events have come up for me in the past and I've had no idea that were even going to happen, I guess, hence the word unexpected, I've still been able to deal with them and very effectively also. So from just just remembering back to those experiences there was no worry i wasn't watching out for what was going to happen the bad thing did happen or an unexpected unpleasant thing did happen and i still had the resources to deal with it wow okay so really what why are you there anxiety why are you how do you help me all the anxiety is doing is Allowing, allowing me to worry. And if I really get a lot of pleasure out of worrying, then I guess I should go right ahead and do that. I, I personally don't. Um, so I don't really see the point to it much anymore. It has served no practical purpose other than to make me feel worried and stressed and feel these anxious feelings in my body. So now I know that because of all the unpleasant things that have happened very unexpectedly and the ways I've been able to deal with them every time, you know, maybe it's not the perfect way to deal with it, but I have been able to deal with it and get through it. I know that the worry really doesn't serve any practical purpose. So that's helped me um, overcome the anxiety of stepping out of my anxiety, if you know what I mean. Like, so if you feel like your anxiety is serving a real purpose, to keeping you safe or keeping you alert for that next bad thing that's going to happen, I would suggest it's not really. And when the unexpected does happen, you will be prepared for it even if you're not worrying about it or even if you're not alert, you will be prepared for it. So that's a really nice thing to um, to know and really there is a bit of trust involved there. Um, but to remind yourself of that, maybe think of all the t- past times when something really unpleasant has happened out of the blue and how you got through it. So the other one is, this is something I realized much, much, much later um, after going through a lot of my anxiety and trying to work out the most effective techniques for coming out of it and for relieving it. I would have very elaborate anxious fantasies. So very, very elaborate, um, in depth, I have a very good, strong visual imagination. And I could imagine a series of events happening that were very unpleasant, perhaps with a lot of psychological or emotional pain happening to myself in different situations. I think, um, uh, public speaking is one of them for me just thinking, okay, when I get up and do this presentation, this is probably going to happen, and then this, and then this, I'm going to feel this way, and that person's going to say this, and really this very elaborate fantasy would unfold in my mind and cause really quite a lot of anxiety and cause me to go in these anxiety loops, and it was very hard to step out of them. Uh, I didn't, didn't really know about this technique at the time. So 
What I realized, though, is the greater my anxious fantasies were, the more elaborate they were, the greater the effects of practicing the present moment were. So when I say practicing the present moment, that's a little bit misleading. When I allow the present moment experience to be there with me and to and for my for me to be with my perception of the present moment experience including my anxious feelings the relief i felt was tremendous and it was because the contrast was so great i had gone so far into this anxious territory that i'd kind of forgotten what it felt like to just be present and when I d- and when I was present, wow, what a really really nice feeling. Um, I don't want that to seem like a goal that it needs to be attained. Your relief will be unique to you, so please do not measure that against uh, my description, my very bad description of the relief that I experienced stepping out of my anxiety. And really, I don't know quite how to end this episode. Besides just keeping on talking, but that wouldn't be so good because I would eventually get tired and not make so much sense. Perhaps it's already happening. Okay, so without further talky-talky, let's do the outro walkie into the outro music. And I wish everyone a really nice week ahead. And I'll see you in the next episode. How does that sound? Maybe good. Yep, cool. All right. Cheers.